Good morning, church. My name is Mark Atherton. If you're visiting with us today and my face is not familiar, I've been the pastor here for about 11 years. And my wife, Sue, and I are away this weekend, and I'm excited to welcome back to Xenia Nazarene, Greg Parkman. Those of you that don't know him, Xenia Nazarene is Greg's spiritual home. This church had a lot to do with his salvation, his discipleship, his entry into ministry. He was the founding pastor of our Riverside campus. He and several other couples went over there and got the ball rolling over there for us. He is now on staff at Marin, Ohio, Church of the Nazarene, and Greg will be your speaker this morning. But right now, can we put our hands together and welcome back to Xenia Nazarene, Greg Parkman. Well, hey, good morning, Xenia Naz. It's a... Uh... It's good to be home. I cannot see anything, so uh, just to let you know. But it's always good to be back home, and this is my home church, and uh, this is where everything started for me as far as somebody uh, finding the Lord and just, man, just the whole uh, man development of that, receiving the call. And I think I've, man, been involved in about every kind of ministry here, starting in youth. They had me and the kids. That didn't work out too well, y'all. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, started to preach, and uh, Wednesday night was still a thing, and I had about 16 or 17 super seniors that would hang, in, um, hang with me on Wednesday nights. And if you're here and you're a part of that, I just want to apologize because I know that was some uh, interesting preaching. But uh, appreciate all the opportunities that Xenia Nass has given me, and, man, it's good to be back home. You all ready for church today? Uh, yeah, I've been praying for us. Hopefully, man, you've been praying for yourself as you come in here. And I know, man, if you've been in uh, church for any length of time, you know, you kind of get in a routine, right? It's like, man, you kind of expect certain things, be some songs, and somebody's going to get up and say something, whatever. But, man, sometimes we miss the new thing that God has for us because we're so stuck on a routine. Amen. So we come in here, and just a reminder that God doesn't give us stale bread. He gives us new bread. And his mercies are new every morning. So when we come into this gathering, when we come into this place we call church, uh, man, God can set up on us, man, and move up on us anew and afresh. And I hope that's your experience. And I know a lot of times when folks come into church, uh, man, that, you know, that's just a common thread with folks is they have a certain worship preference, right? It's like you come in and sometimes you can't worship because it's not your thing. But I always tell my church, I said, have a little pre-worship before you really drive up into the location of the church. If, man, if you're a Gaither person, man, let the Gaithers rip in your car. Amen. Uh, man, if you're a crowder person or whatever your uh, thing is, let that go. And then when you come in here, you're already warmed up. You're already engaged in worship. So whatever medium ground is worship, man, you can engage in that. You can be a part of that. And uh, don't want you to miss anything that God has for you because you're hung up on a song. Amen. Amen. Y'all going to have to help me a little bit. The first crowd, it took them a little bit longer to get warmed up. And I didn't think we were going to make it there at the beginning, but we got a little warmed up and it was all good. So, hey, if you all have your Bibles, will you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12? And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10, really going to be reading uh, 5 through 10. So are you all still bringing your Bibles? Let me see them Bibles. I see one Bible out there. Oh, two. All right. It's all good. I know you have it on the screen and you have your phones and all that good stuff. But, man, there's something about just bringing the book, man, getting uh, familiar with your Bible. Uh, because there's going to be a day where you're going to need some word. And if you're not real familiar with your Bible, it's going to be hard to get that word. But if you're familiar, if you're like me, I have uh, several different Bibles. Some of them are uh, highlighted. I have a, a black marker that I typically block out the stuff that I really don't like. 
Nah, but typically just, uh, man, there's something about getting the book, getting familiar, writing things in there, recording things, and just being familiar with where you can get the words. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at 5 through 10. Will you all stand as we read the word? If you have it, say amen. If you're still looking for it, say, wait up, Pastor Greg. Ooh, yeah, I like it. I'll wait for you. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Let's do it. That experience is worth boasting about. This is verse 5. But I'm not going to do it, for I will boast only about my weakness. If I wanted to boast, I would not be a fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it, because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what is or what they will see in my life or bear in my message. Even though I have received great or such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming pride, pr- proud, I've been given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud or prideful. Three times, he says, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may work through me. That, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in my insults, my hardship, my persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today I pray that you will give us hearts to receive and ears to hear, Lord, what you would have your church here and be a part of. Lord, continue to uh, shape us and change us and transform us into the people, Lord, you've called us to be. Father, we pray today that you will move up on our hearts, help us to be obedient, help us to lean into whatever you need us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. Friends, what do you do, man, when God says no? When you get to a situation and a circumstance in your life, and I think if you live on this side of heaven for any length of time, there's going to be things that you can do for yourself, but there are going to be things that only God can do for you. And I think as you think about uh, certain situations and certain seasons and certain troubles and hardships that you have, and even looking at this passage and looking at this story, man, the Apostle Paul, man, he had uh, a tremendous amount of patience, especially with this church uh, man, that he was dealing with right there. And I don't know about you, but the older you get, the less patience you get. Amen? Like, I ain't got 25 years of uh, mess with people anymore. I got to just get in there, and it is what it is. But Paul had a tremendous amount of patience. He continued to reach out to this church that continued to want to go back to the old life. And, friends, I want to remind you today, as you're living for God and you're leaning into this new life, you must leave the old life to experience the new life in Jesus. You got to get to a place. A lot of people may want to hold on to old ways and old thoughts and old behaviors and still have the benefits of God. But that will not work. It's never worked. And we can see this church uh, in Corinth. Man, they always seem to go back to their hot mess. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a hot mess. It's a good thing you're in church today. 
But Paul continued to work through their life. Paul continued to nurture them. Paul continued to reach out to them. And he find, finds himself in a place. And, man, if you look at the Apostle Paul, you look at his history, man, Paul was a Pharisee at one time. He was, uh, man, uh, man, against the movement of God and against the church. He was very educated. Man, he had a high level of education. And he was going and he was on this movement, man, to stop what Jesus was doing and that whole movement. And he found himself on the road to Damascus and he had an incredible experience that forever changed his life. He went from this direction to this direction in almost a moment, man. He was blind. God did this amazing thing, got his attention. And then Paul begins to pour out his whole life for the whole advancement of the kingdom of God, man. I mean, from every, uh, man, you look at the New Testament. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And if you know the storyline of Paul, how he gave himself, how he traveled, how he started churches, how he was beaten, how he was imprisoned and he was persecuted and all that for the sake of Jesus, and he gets to a place where he's dealing with this, this thorn. And man, we don't know what this thorn is. We can, uh, you know, use our imagination like some commentaries and some folks might say it was an eye ailment, man, that Paul really couldn't see well. And you could see how that could be a challenge as somebody that was ministering and somebody couldn't read their Bible or whatever. But he said it was a thorn in his side. He said it was a messenger of Satan. And not once, not twice, but three times, Paul prayed and asked God to remove this thorn, whatever it was, whatever he felt like was holding back, whatever he thought was like denying him full flavor of God. And God said, no. What do you do, man, when you look at the Apostle Paul and you think if anybody gets a pass, it's Paul, right? I mean, come on, it's Paul. I mean, Paul has been through it. Paul has given his life. Paul has done probably uh, more than what we'll ever think about doing on this side of heaven. But Paul continues to be faithful. And Paul, and it's not a self-seeking prayer. I think it's an honest prayer of, hey, God, just remove this thing that's holding me back, this thing that's an irritation, this thing that's a, a man of hindrance. Can you remove it? And instead of saying, yes, Paul gets a pass, it was, it was a no. Friends, what do you do when God says no? When you get to that place, man, when you're desperate, when you're getting to that place, man, if God doesn't show up, you really don't know what's going to happen. Have you ever been there before? When you're looking at those situations and those circumstances, it could be a sick loved one. It could be a circumstance. It could be, man, a tension within a home or a marriage crisis or whatever, or it could be a sin issue. And if God doesn't show up, friends, it's not going to go away. And Paul was seeking. Paul was asking not once, not twice, but three times. Can you remove it? And God said, no. And I love the fact that when we pray prayers, man, and I hope that uh, today that you have an ongoing prayer life. It's just not something you do when you come into church, but it's a constant conversation with God. Amen. It's like, man, you look at your relationship with God. It's not something you turn on on Sunday and turn it off when you walk out of the doors. But guess what? The church is not a location, but this is the church. You are the church. You are the people of God. And if we're building that relationship with God, it's an ongoing relationship. We could uh, stay constantly connected with God, but it's not something like you just do part time. You got to be all in with God to really experience the fullness of Christ. Amen. That's a good place for amen right there, y'all. And a lot of people man, have a concept of. Man, I know there's some scriptures, man, if you twist and turn, and maybe a lot of people think, hey, whatever I ask God for, God's got to give it to me. He's my genie in the bottle. He's my Santa Claus, friends. If that's your concept, if that's your understanding, I got some bad news for you. That is a no. <laughs> that is, it's not always going to happen the way you want it to happen. God is not always going to see it from your angle. And I'm so glad, man, that God sees things that we cannot see, and God's got a higher way about seeing things than what we do. 
Amen. So when we look at the situations and we look at circumstances in our own life and we look at this story and friends, bad news for you is I got a lot of pages of notes today. But good news is I typically don't stick to them. They're just up here to uh, look like I've done some work throughout the week with sermon prep. So one thing I want us to be mindful of when we think about this, this response we think about those uh, circumstances in those times in our life when we're begging God, when we're pleading for God to come through. And friends, there are some things, man, I want to be as transparent and honest as I can be with you. There are some things about God that we cannot explain, and there are some things about God that we cannot understand. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care what degrees you have hanging up in your office. There are certain things of God that our brains, that our minds cannot understand and really lean into. And for a lot of people, man, if they don't understand it, man, they can't go along with it. But, friends, our faith and our relationship with Jesus is a faith-based relationship. I'm believing God. I'm trusting in God by things that I fully don't understand all the time. But I'm believing and trusting by faith. Y'all sit in those pews today trusting that they were going to be- or hold you. Amen? Some of y'all got a little nervous. Amen? But that's faith right there. If you have that kind of faith in a pew, guess what, man? You can have an abundance of faith in God, and God will take you and do amazing things in your life. But you got to believe. you got to know that God's ways are better than your ways. So when you go through life and you're praying, man, and Paul is praying a legit prayer, man, an honest prayer, hey, God, remove this. God always has an answer, friends. It's always a yes or no. Sometimes it may seem like it's a little silent, but for, for Paul, it was, it was a no. And I know a lot of times, man, when you're begging God and you're asking God to show up, man, you don't always see his perspective. And one of the things I want to talk to you today, the reason why, man, we have to embrace the nose of God is because God sees down the road. He's got a bigger plan in it. Amen. When you think about your life, man, and you can re, uh, rewind some of the pages, some of the biggest blessings, some of the greatest movements in your life has been those times, man, when you were praying for something and it just didn't show up the way you were praying it. And some of those times when God says no, God sees down the road. He sees around the corner. He's got a bigger plan. And if we're people of God, if we're seeking God and we fully surrendered our life to God, we got to know that, hey, God is in control. God understands. He knows what's going on. He's not trying to deny me a pleasure or, or try to deny me of a yes prayer, but he's looking out for me. And God sees farther than what we can see in our life. In those times, man, when we get a no and we're begging God and we don't understand, and at times we get discouraged, friends, there are people today that have not showed up in a place of worship because they're mad and they're bitter of God because they prayed a prayer and it just didn't happen the way they wanted it to happen. But in that process, in that concept of God providing and God giving us those opportunities, God sees a bigger plan. Friends, you can look at your life and some of the biggest God movements, man. Some of the times when you have grown the most is those times where maybe God has just kind of let you simmer in a little bit of mess. Amen. And typically, if we're honest, guess what? It is a mess that we created. Woo, it got real quiet in here. See, a lot of times we want to blame folks and say, hey, you created this situation. But friends, every bad decision has a destination. And you can only excuse and you can only blame that for so long where every once in a while you got to eat it. You got to own it and say, hey, I created this one. And the good news is, man, when you get yourself a mess and God's pretty good about cleaning up messes, 
God's pretty good about changing us and getting us out of those messes. And at the end of the day, he finds us where we're at. We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to God. But in those processes, in those situations, in those circumstances, God is always working. God is always doing something new. And in those challenging times, in those hard times, when those times when we don't see an open door, those times when we get discouraged, God is working. God has not forgot about you. A lot of people kind of get men discouraged and they kind of get off their game a little bit. Oh, God doesn't love me. God didn't hear my prayers. You get discouraged. Guess what? No, God always hears your prayers. God hears every prayer that you've ever prayed, whether when you were in the church house or you were in the crack house or the jail house. God hears you exactly where you're at. And he knows your heart and he knows your motives. And guess what, man? If you're giving God fully control of your life every once in a while, you got to really let him. I mean, you got to really let him lead and guide your life. Amen. And that's where it gets hard and challenging sometimes because we don't always see what God sees. I, man, I praise God that God sees things in my life that I can't see. I'm glad God gave me opportunities, man, because I was praying for things. And if God would have answered that prayer the way I was praying it, I don't know where I would be at. I don't know what the situation would have been. But guess what? God saw farther down the road. Amen. And you got to give God time to allow him to answer those prayers. It's like, okay, if I jump in my car right now and I'm praying, hey, God, should I buy a new car as I'm driving to the car lot? Amen. I've already made that decision. I haven't given God any kind of time to work. And a lot of times, that's how we, we play God. Guess what? God knows your heart. He knows your motive. In those times, man, we're praying prayers, and God's not coming through. He's not answering our prayer. We try to get slick, man. We get more people to pray for us. Amen. We start changing the wording up a little bit. Have, hey, God, you're going to like do this radar prayer, kind of go under the radar a little bit. God is not fooled. And when God speaks, guess what? He's spoken. Amen. And we got to be okay with that. We got to trust that God is with us. Are y'all still with me today? I can't see your eyes if you're still awake or asleep. So just cough if you're still, if you're still alive. Amen. One of the things that I really have understood, and Paul could really testify to that, is those times when God says no, he sees a greater purpose. He sees a greater purpose. Friends, I don't know a lot of people, man, that have found God or God has done a really good work in their life, man, when life is good. Amen. I mean, man, the bank account is good. The marriage is good. Everything's right, man. I just have perfect peace in my life. And the day I think I'm going to, uh, like, start following Jesus and let him just change everything. I don't know a lot of people that have went that route. But I know a lot of people that, man, when they find themselves in those hard valleys, in those dark spaces, and God begins to, like, open up doors and sends people like you into their life, and the Holy Spirit's working through that, that's when a lot of people start getting interested in God. Amen. And people that have never prayed before start praying when they get in those rough times. Amen. And it doesn't have to be a sweet prayer. It doesn't have to have all the right words. It's just an honest prayer of, hey, God, come and do something, change something, be a presence and continue to work. But when God tells us no, guess what? He sees a greater purpose in our life. Oh, friends, we could go a long way with this. What time y'all get to lunch? About one, uh, that's Xenia time, right? One, one o'clock lunch. You can look at Paul's life, and even though God told Paul no, it did not stop him from fulfilling the mission and the purpose of Paul's life. 
And a lot of people get stuck on stupid, man, when God doesn't always give you what you want, but he's always working. He's always providing. And in those no's and in those times when God may be holding back from you or it feels like you're holding back, God is doing a great work. But we got to be faithful. We got to be really, really engaged with God. And in those hard moments, in those times of desperation, God can do an incredible work that we'll never be able to do minus those hard times in our life. Man, I don't know about you, but man, when I go through those hard times, when I go through those uncomfortable situations, man, I hate them. But guess what? I always see God working. I always come out a little different on the end, man. I hate going through it. Jesus says in his word, you're going to have trouble. I hate that verse, y'all. He says you're going to have trouble. He doesn't tell us what all those troubles are going to be. But the good news is when we have those troubles, God's with us. He hears our cries. He walks alongside us. God's got a greater purpose that sometimes we can't see. Man, we can go through all these different experiences and all these different situations that Paul was dealing with, and it was a no, but Paul or God came back and said, hey, Paul, my grace is all you need. See, those times when those heavy things and those unanswered prayers weigh you down and make you weak and get your attention, God is saying, hey, guess what? My grace is good enough for you. And friends, today in 2022, man, you think about God moving, man, we've had a rough uh, two years, man, and God's church needs to be at our best. And the only way God's church is going to be at our best, man, if we get out of the way and we find, man, there's only so much we can do in the flesh and only so much uh, 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 talent can do for us. But we get out of the way and we recognize that in our weakness, God's power is, is, is amazing. Amen. When you're weak, man, you're really strong in God. And Paul had faced that. Paul had, had experienced that time and time again. He got to a place where he recognized, I can only go so far. I can only open up so many doors. And he got to a place where he recognized that he was going to have to deal with this thorn and the flesh. And it would weaken him. Sometimes it probably discouraged him. But he was at his best when he was at his weakest. Friends, a lot of times, man, you can look at people's life and you look at their life like, how are you still alive? How are you still standing? How are you still praising God? How are you still serving? How are you still ministering to people? Because those times when you're at your weakest, God is at his strongest. And God gives you strength in those times, man, when you're weak and you're getting a little discouraged. But at the end of the day, be mindful. God is with you. God will continue to work through your life, man. But if you give up on God, guess what? God won't give up on you. God will continue to seek you. God will continue to work in your life. Paul wasn't the only one in the scriptures, man, who got to know. You can look at Jonah. He got to know. He tried to go a different route. And friends, I want to tell you, man, this is words of wisdom right here. If God has called you to something, if God has given you a mission or purpose, the best thing you can do is surrender that because it's going to be a hard road trying to go against God. Amen. And guess what? You're going to make it hard for other people that are beside you. So guess what? Just give into that, surrender to God, and allow God to continue to do that work. One of the greatest no's, man, that we, we can look at, we can look at Jesus in one of his final hours. And he's getting ready to get arrested, and he's in the garden, and it's getting ready to happen. You know, he's getting ready to get arrested and, and then led, beaten, bruised into the cross. And in that moment, man, God, Jesus, man, that was all God and all man. Isn't that kind of weird to understand? That Jesus was all man and he was all God. Man, his humanity kicked in and he started thinking about the torment. He started thinking about going to the cross and he dropped down in the garden and he prayed a very sincere prayer. And he said it kind of like this. Hey, Father, this is kind of my version. Hey, Father, if there's a plan B, right now would be a good time for that plan B to happen. 
talking about going to the cross. If there's any other way to make this right, he was thinking about the torture. He was thinking about the pain. He was thinking about the loneliness. He was thinking about all that. And he dropped at his knees and he prayed to the father. Hey, can you help? Can you make another way? Can you make it different? And God, you would think if anybody, God will honor the prayers of his son. He said, he said, no. And it wasn't no because he didn't love him. But guess what? Maybe he loved you a little bit more. The fact that if Jesus didn't go to the cross, if there wasn't that sacrifice, if there wasn't that point of God giving uh, his life for us to have this new life, we wouldn't be able to enter into this amazing life that he's called us to. If God would have answered with a yes and said, yes, maybe there's a different way or a different route, however that works. But I want to tell you, God's plan does not change. God's plan is consistent and God's plan is good. And sometimes we don't understand it. And sometimes you may not always buy into it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the road, God is working in amazing ways. And I love the fact that even when you go through those situations and you go through those circumstances and you're praying and you're asking God to work. God's got an amazing way of keeping us humble. And even Paul, man, you can look at his life. And, you know, Paul had a, every reason, man, to be puffed up. And there's nothing more, uh, man, discouraging and probably more sickening than seeing an arrogant Christian. We, man, we ain't got nothing to be arrogant about. Christian people should be the most humble people you'll ever meet in their life. Because guess what? The things that we're doing, it's not us doing it, but it's God doing it through us. Man, the work that God has done in our life, the things that God has brought to our attention, the things that God has led us through, the storms that God, that wasn't us willing our way through it. God was with us. So we should be humble. Man, we should uh, man, have an absence of pride in our life. And sometimes God allows certain things in our life to keep us, keep us humble and keep us leaning on God. Amen. Have you been there before? Friends, so what do you do when God says no? You give up, throw your hands in the air and be like, oh, I know, I know God didn't love me. God didn't care about me. Guess what? This is what you got to do, friends. And this is the most important thing. You got to trust God. Those times when you don't understand, those times when you're praying prayers and they're bouncing off the wall and you're praying them and you're like, God, just, just answer it the way I want it. And it may never happen like that. Best believe God sees down the road. There's a bigger purpose. But in that ending, in that decision, friends, you got to believe. You got to trust God. Amen. And I know that's hard. I know when you're going through life and you feel like your back's up against the wall and you're praying those desperate prayers of people that are sick, man, you want to see them get healed and you want to see marriages restored. You want to see broken people get healed and you see God, you could pray the same prayer and get a yes and you could pray the exact same prayer and get a no. God sees the situation. He sees the circumstances accordingly. But at the end of the day, if it's a yes or if it's a no, I got to trust God. I got to believe that he's got a bigger plan. He's got a bigger purpose for my life. Y'all still with me? Jesus, we thank you today. Father, we thank you that your grace is good enough. Those times, Father, when we go through life and we're praying and we're seeking and we're hitting walls and you know, you know, sometimes it's just a flat out no because there's a, a bigger picture. There's a greater situation, Lord, that we can't see at that time. Father, we thank you for the grace that you give us. We thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Maybe they came in today. They're a little discouraged or maybe they're a little off their game because maybe there's been a season in their life where it's been it's been dark. It's been some empty spaces. 
Maybe there's been some quiet times with you. But, Father, I pray that you will just help them to believe and trust, Lord, that you have a bigger picture, Lord, that you have a greater plan. And at the end of the day, whatever the outcome is, Lord, that they will trust you. Lord, that you will increase their faith. Lord, that you will keep their faith strong in you. Lord, that you'll bless them and be with them in the lead and guide them in the days ahead. Father, thank you for examples like the Apostle Paul. We can look at him and be encouraged knowing that he can continue. Lord, that he can, uh, kept fulfilling his mission and his purpose, Lord, that you called him to. And, Father, as your people, we can do the same. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.